Hey y'all, welcome back to All 22. Uh, big news today, so we're just going to go dive right in. I'm your co-host Fred Curtis, and I'm co-host Kelly Dawson here at Relentless Love. Carson Wentz, he is off to Indianapolis, um, and I have seen the uh, the Twitter prognosticators going absolute <laughs> berserk uh, about this trade uh, real quick, and then we're just going to dive into some analysis here. So Carson goes to Indianapolis in exchange for a 2021 third round pick uh, and then a conditional 2022 second round pick. So basically they got a guy who should have been a former league MVP or would have without his ACL injury um, for a third and a second. Um, Kelly, if you were Adam Scheffner, what are your thoughts here, man? <laughs> I like it. Um, well, I like it for both parties. So the conditional second round in uh, 2022 uh, could become a first rounder. I don't know the ramifications of all that, but um, we have been hearing that they were looking for or they offered two second round picks, mm. which a third and a second is good for a guy who you benched last year, essentially, who you were going to uh, allow to compete with a second year quarterback. And most of Philadelphia and most of their fans will probably lean towards you know, Hurts being a starting quarterback just because they've seen what Wentz can do is, you know, time for a change. So that's a good haul. Um, that's a good haul for Philly. And um, with Indy, with Philip Rivers, Philip Rivers retired. He had a solid year. Um, you're getting essentially the same player. What we said about Philip Rivers, he's either going to be really good or really bad. No in between. <laughs> no in between. And that's what we've seen from Carson in the past, at least last year, the second half of the previous year, he came on late. He didn't have all his receivers and all of his weapons, but he was pretty solid. But it's just those inconsistencies. Um, what Indy does get in Wentz is a guy who can move a, a lot better. Yeah. Now, they're not going to design any, you know, runs for him or anything like that, but he can improvise – much more than Phillip Rivers. That's got him in trouble, <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> uh, he can improvise now. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, T.Y. Hilton. I don't know where he stands with the organization, um, but, you know, I'm thinking about the weapons coming back. I know they have Michael Pittman Jr. Um, I wanted him in the Ravens uniform last year, but yeah, man. Um, I think he's going to come. I think he's going to be a solid receiver as well. So they have their quarterback, which – I like Indy last year. You know, I, I, I we, we liked them early, and then we kind of peeled off of them just because Phillip Rivers. But moving forward, I like their defense. Um, they have some dogs on defense. They have a running game with Jonathan Taylor. Um, they, they, they play solid. So you should be optimistic if you're a Colts fan just because Wentz is back with Frank Wright. That's when he had his most success. So – some there, there was some disconnect with without him being there in Philly. I don't know what it is, but hopefully he can, you know, get in the right uh, situation and he's in that system. He knows that system. So you're more than likely going to have an offseason, whereas last year you didn't. So I think it's good for both teams, man. Yeah, I love the pick for Indy and I love it for Philly. I think it's one of those trades that is mutually beneficial for a variety of reasons. I won't rehash the things that uh, you said. It's good value, obviously, um, for Philadelphia. It's officially Jalen Hurts time, which we'll get to that momentarily. 
Um, I see a lot of people panning this trade, you know, from a variety of different angles. Um, you know, teams who are in the middle who, you know, want certain quarterbacks or to stand at the top of the draft and so on and so forth. I don't know how you can say this is a bad deal. I do follow a couple Colts fans and, you know, they're agnostic about it, but they're not saying it's a bad deal. So I think they recognize that. Look, you're getting a guy who, uh, again, <clears throat> was at MVP league level four years ago, and he's still in his 20s. So it's not like he's 35 and we're saying he played at an MVP level four years ago. All right. And so there's a reasonable expectation that if you get that guy back into a system, back with the guy who knows him well and who, you know, he really aligns with, it's not outside the realm of possibility to say he's going to regain that form. In fact, I would argue that if you're a betting man, you're smarter and more logical to bet that he's going to find that form again rather than stay at where he's been the past couple of years. They had a lot of different issues there. And one thing I'll highlight is that they got rid of Doug Peterson before they got rid of Carson Wentz. So that lets you know that if you're looking at culpability, Peterson shared a big part of it. And another thing is, and we've been on this show and always sort of given Howie Rosenthal his flowers, but that roster is starting to got that roster got old and broke down really, really quickly. Um, and, and, and that is always an indictment of the GM. I love this deal for both sides. I particularly love it for Indy. And I like them now more than I did this time last year when they got Phillip Rivers. Because like you said, we were high on, we were high on Indy when they first got Rivers, but we knew Rivers is going to turn the ball over. He's going to be a statue in the pocket. Is Carson going to turn the ball over? I mean, the past couple of years, what, 15, 14 interceptions in a system and play calling that he obviously is not in tune with? You get him back with Frank Wright. You give him one of the best offensive lines in football, best player in football, probably in Quentin Nelson. Yeah, I'm going to take a strip pound for pound. I don't know. Anyway, different conversation. Um, but Quentin Nelson, Anthony Costanzo, you got Ryan Kelly. Offensive line is crazy. I mean, am I going to say they're up there with uh, Kansas City, Baltimore, or Buffalo? Maybe not. But again, that 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 next year, yeah, which is where they were last year. Do I like them more in the playoffs with Carson Wentz than Phillip Rivers? Yes. And then I, I agree, and I agree that they're better. They're going to be better suited in the playoffs. And we, we're both saying that, and when you look back at it, Phillip Rivers had a great game <laughs> against Buffalo. He they did. had a shot. Yeah. So you had – they. I think I remember. They went for two, and they went for it on fourth, and Phillip Rivers barely overthrew – I can't remember who we threw it to in the back of the end zone. That was a swing where they get, um, that was a swing where if they make that, if they, um, if he catches that and he kicks that extra point, they win the game. It was some kind of sequence like that. Uh, I can't remember the exact sequence, but if they convert on both of those, they win that game. And Phillip Rivers played well. The running game was great that game. And the key thing you said is offensive line, man. Philly offensive line hasn't been great. Now he's stepping into a great offensive line and a play caller he's familiar with. The weapons are going to sort itself out. All yeah. right. They just got to stay healthy. Yeah. Like weapons in Philly never stay healthy. I Deshaun, Deshaun uh, Jackson yeah. is one of those money heist guys. Yeah. He stole from Philly. He stole from Tampa Bay. <laughs> I forgot he was in Tampa Bay, but I did too. Money heist. He always stays injured, but hey, get 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 paid, brother. Get paid. <laughs> so if he can just have some weapons that stay healthy, 
Um, they've been talking about trading Zach Ertz too. I don't know now if he goes to Philly unless they release uh, – goes to Indy unless they release him. Because um, teams – you know, teams rarely make a, a trade with the same team twice in the same offseason. But, you know, we'll see. Um, but So it depends on the weapons because you have the great offensive line. You have a play call that you're familiar with. It's all on him now. So if you can't succeed in Indy, now it's like, all right, bro, that's on you. <laughs> you've, you've gotten your second chance. Yeah, I mean, he's back with the guy who who got on that big old contract and, and changed his changed his financial trajectory uh, and Frank Reich. Uh, that last sequence actually in the wild card game against Buffalo, uh, threw it to the end zone, I think for Jack Doyle, had it patted down by, uh, by Micah Hyde. They had a legitimate shot to win that game. A couple things go different here and there. Uh, they probably walk away with that win and move on to the next round. And I think they would have played Pittsburgh, which – would have had them in the AFC Championship game, if you ask me. Um, <laughs> and so I did. I have to. I have to double check that. But well, they um, were no, nah, they were the seven. Oh, that's right, Cleveland. They were the seven, so they would have went to uh, KC. Okay, well, never mind. Take that back. But <laughs> um, well, I mean, I Pat think Mahomes they would have had a better. They would have had a better. They. I think they're better suited to have beaten uh, KC. Not yes. saying they would have won, but. You know, Josh Allen came out there and just they didn't run the ball. Mm-hmm. Indy runs the ball <laughs> and runs it and ran it well. So they were probably better suited to beat them. That would have been a toss up. They probably KC would probably have been what a three and a half point favorite. Yeah. And probably would have won, but still, it would have been would have been a better game than that Buffalo game because they were one dimensional the entire game. You know, everyone is dunking on Carson Wentz. He's entering his age 29 season. He still has a long way to go, all right? He played 16 games in 2019, 12 games last year. So you want to see him play 16 games a couple years in a row, but he was more healthy than he had been in the past. 2,600 yards, 16 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, and a system that was not really suited for him on a team that towards the end didn't really want him clearly on a roster that was played with injuries and broke down. If 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 you if you're looking at a guy, if you're trying to figure out what quarterback is available that I can build my team around and is going to have a chance to play at an all-pro level for the next 10 years, obviously you're looking at Deshaun Watson first. We'll get to him in a moment. But Carson Wentz is a really good guy to take a bet on. All right. And, and I think like the cool thing is, and we talked about this last season, it seems like the cool thing is to say Carson Wentz is done. Carson Wentz regressed. Carson Wentz is lost. 2019, the guy threw for 4,000 yards, 27 touchdowns, and seven interceptions. And he would have been to the division round if he didn't get hurt in the wild card game against Seattle. I, I was going to I was going to bring that up. The Jadavion uh, Clowney, um, it was a dirty hit. <laughs> yeah. It was a dirty hit. Um, if he doesn't have a concussion, they win that game, I believe. I, they win that game. And that game was still not a blowout, if, if, if I recall correctly. Um, but yeah, man, I think he won what six straight to win the division and sneak into the playoffs with no receiver over 500 yards. It's absurd. <laughs> See what I'm saying? So the guy has talent. Talent isn't everything, obviously, but when you see a guy who should have won an MVP if he didn't tear his ACL, probably would have won that playoff game if he wasn't concussed, you see what he can do. So 
you know, it's a no-brainer to take another chance on him. Now, now he has another chance. I think he's going to do well. I really do. Yeah, man. I mean, look, if you're if you're looking at in the AFC, Kansas City or the field, and now oh. in the field you're including Baltimore and Indianapolis, maybe even Cleveland. I mean, you know, it's not outside the realm of possibility to take the field. Number one, teams just don't make three Super Bowls in a row anymore. This is 2021. Tough, man. And and that Pat Mahomes deal is soon enough going to start shedding light on the rest of their roster. He's only going to be think, able to have those amount of elite weapons for so long. I think it kicks in. I think it doesn't kick kick into 2022, if I'm not mistaken. But Sammy Watkins is a free agent. Um, those defensive pieces, you got to pay those guys. It's kind of like it, anytime a team is entering a window, you got to win now. <laughs> Because once you have to pay some guys, it's, a wrap. it's like with, with Baltimore, you got the win, bro. <laughs> next year. I mean, you got the win because Lamar's going to get paid next year, um, whether it's before the season or right after the offseason. He's going to get paid. Glass Campbell is old. You know, all those guys on defense are getting old. You might not get Matt Judon back. So, you know, teams like that. You got to win now. That's how the Eagles were able to win, what, 2017? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because Carson Wentz was on a team-friendly deal, rookie mm-hmm. deal. They just happened to have Nick Foles, who won it. But I think he was probably getting paid, what, $10 million a year? Yeah. So, yeah, man, you got to gotta take advantage. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I this, is, this is something difficult to say because he didn't play in that postseason where they won the Super Bowl. But I think we should start giving him credit for having a ring. You have to look at the totality of things. Like, he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Is he a Super Bowl, like, starting winning quarterback? No. And granted, you can't really get those accolades publicly drenched on you if you're not able to play in the postseason. But you can just look at how they got to the Super Bowl. Yeah. If that divisional round they game was balling. Atlanta, they were balling, <laughs> right? And that's what set them up to have home field advantage. And if that divisional round game is in Atlanta, Atlanta wins that game. They should have won that game with some better red zone play calling. Anyway, that last yep. play was absolutely atrocious. Yeah. But when, whenever, whenever, yeah, when, whenever a playoff game, I think, is decided by one score or less, it is not unreasonable to think had that game been at the other spot, at, you know, when an, when an away team, rather, loses yep. a playoff game by one possession, especially less than, you know, four or five points. It's not unreasonable to say if that game had been at, at their house, they could have won. And – there's no reason to think outside of the cold with the crowd that Atlanta wouldn't have won that game. So anyway, Carson Wentz's regular season performance helped them get to that point. Now they clobbered exactly. Minnesota in the NFC title game. So who knows what that would have been like, you know, in Minnesota. But the fact of the matter remains, you know, he set them up to get to that point. And, and I don't think you can disregard the level of confidence that he wasn't able to give Nick Foles and Foles being able to watch his success throughout that regular season. The guy's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. All right. Now he's going from throwing the Miles Sanders and Jalen Rieger and, you know, Zach Ertz, who has definitely regressed to, you know, um, Paris Campbell, T.Y. Hilton, Michael Pittman Jr., Mo Alley Cox, Jack Doyle, one of the best running back by committees in all the game, yeah. one of the better offensive lines. I'm, I'm betting on Carson. I don't understand if, if you're if you're saying this is a bad deal, if you're if you're counting them out. I'd love to put a wager on it because I think he's going to have a 4,000 yard, 30 touchdown, 10 to 12 pick kind of year, man. Um, I'm all in on the Carson train. Listen, if he, if he goes out and only has 
what, between 10 and 15 turnovers. That's a pretty good team, <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah. If he only has that, he's going to throw for 30, 35 touchdowns. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, man. They, yeah, I think they're going to be good. And don't forget that defense, which, which yep. you know, they got some muscles to flex as well. Um, so we like the Carson Wentz trade. If you don't like it, you know, we respect you, but it is what it is. Um, <laughs> so I think like a month ago, there was this idea that like the quarterback carousel is just going to be ridiculous and keep spinning. Uh, but if you look at it now, just what, a few weeks into February, it seems like things are almost locked in. So out of the 32 teams, 23 of them know who their quarterback is going to be. All right. And, there, and there's not really a reasonable, you know, pushback to that. You know, Josh Allen in Buffalo, the entire AFC North is locked in. Um, Joe Burrow may not, you know, start at the beginning of the season, but they, they got their guy. Um, the entire AFC South is locked in now that Wentz is in Indianapolis. Um, and, yes, I mean, you might disagree with this. Houston's not trading Deshaun Watson. I, they're not. They're not. <laughs> I, I, was, I was never optimistic. And I, I just don't think Deshaun, Deshaun Watson is just not that guy to play hardball. It's just not his character. I don't think, and you know, it's going to take the entire off off season to you know talk with management and things like that. But I don't think they're moving him, man, unless he just holds out. <laughs> Here's my problem with Deshaun, and let, we can just let's just go ahead and dive back into it. We'll reset this in a moment. I wrote about this www.relentless.love. I was like, if I'm Houston, I'm calling Deshaun Watson's bluff because I am too. My, my thing with Deshaun is like, look, I'm all for player empowerment, all that other stuff. I think we're getting a little out of hand, you know, across sports writing and whatnot when we try to compare, you know, professional sports to slavery. Y'all are getting out of hand with that. Let's stop doing that. Um, Please. Sign the contract, bro. <laughs> like, you signed you the contract. It, you willingly <laughs> signed it. You're, you're being rendered payment. Yes. Um, That's and not then, one, of my, one of my guys on Twitter commented on that. He was like, and there's this whole freedom thing, too. Like, Stop trying to make that comparison. It, it's really absurd. Anyway, um, the, the biggest thing with Watson is not that he wants out. It's that you want out, what, eight months after you signed a massive extension? And, and the thing is, nothing materially has changed in Houston. Nothing. They, they were in the gutter before. You was, knew. Was, was Bill O'Brien fired yet? No. He, see, so I don't, nothing has changed. <laughs> So Bill O'Brien was there. Bob McNair had already passed, the former owner. So you knew there was ownership upheaval. You knew you had an incompetent general manager because he had just traded your number one receiver for essentially nothing. And you still signed the extension. I'm sorry, but you don't get to sign an extension knowing all the material facts and circumstances of a franchise organization, whatever. And then eight months later, say, I want out. That's not how this works. If you want it out, you should have not signed the extension and knew that you were going to have a chance to control your future. If, if things had changed, say they hired Bill O'Brien, he comes in and does what he's done over the past few years in an off season. Maybe you align better with him because things have materially changed in this organization. And I didn't expect any of this, but you are the, the future was already mortgaged. Your number one target was already gone. You know, the ownership was already in transition. You already knew all of these things. And you went and got paid anyway. So you made your bed. Now you got to stay in it, bro. And you got to ride this out with the organization. And I would just call his blood. What are you going to do? You're going to hold out? Okay, cool. We'll just find you $50,000 a day. You signed a five-year extension. You're not going to football for five years. 
Yeah. Like, He's not going to hold out. He's no. not going to hold out. Um, for one, too much money. Two, it's not in his character. Um, they're going to do the best they can to bring pieces in, which is going to be hard because they trade all they trade all of their picks <laughs> the past few years. So, you know, that's why nobody wanted that job. Yes. You had a disgruntled quarterback, a disgruntled, uh, or not disgruntled, but bad management, and you have no leverage in the draft. So <laughs> what's the worst job? The only only reason you would take that job is Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Other than that, it was the worst job on the table. Yeah. But and yeah, I don't think I don't think he's going nowhere. So forget you know, forget, forget that. Like all these Jets fans, these Washington fans, you know, like, oh, you know, send them here. I'm like, if I'm a GM in Houston, I'm not trading him for the number two pick. And you might be like, oh, you're gonna keep your disgruntled quarterback. You know, you don't have any picks. I don't care. And we talked about franchise guy. He's a franchise guy. He's an elite <laughs> guy. I don't care how good I think Justin Fields or Zach Wilson are going to be. They're not. I know what he is. I know what he is. And even if look, you want to sit out a year from football? Okay, cool. You know, we'll go one and fifteen, accumulate some 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 <laughs> draft capital because I do think yep. they have the first round pick next year. Yeah. Um. And, you know, gives you a chance to, to a year to heal up, get your body right back. Come on back, good brother. We'll invite you back in with open arms because <laughs> you're, you're still under contract, right? But I'm yep. like, I'm not. And, and they have some repairing and some um, relationship, you know, building to do with their fan base regardless. So whether or not he's under center, look, look whether or not he's under center, they're going 4-12 and 12 or 5-11 and 11 next year. Yeah, they're bad. <laughs> so, they're just a bad football team. They're just a bad football team. We talked about it. We actually, I don't know if anybody else predicted this. We said the bottom was falling out of this a year ago. Both yes. of us saw it. Like, you, you can just see there's another team that's happening for it too. We'll get in that a little bit later. But um, <laughs> they're in New Orleans. But uh, <laughs> I don't, man, I don't know if I can say that because I can't, I thought they were going to be average this year too. And they, man. they got Sean Payton. They, yeah. Who I dislike strongly, but I cannot argue with him. He's a good coach. He's a good coach. Yeah, yeah that's all I'll say. It pains my heart. But, um, yeah, watch is not going anywhere. So out of that, you got 23 guys who or teams rather who know who the quarterback's gonna be. We talked about the AFC North and the AFC South. Um, Kansas City, Pat Mahomes, the Chargers, Herbert. That whole division is kind of locked into maybe Derek Carr is a little bit iffy in Vegas, but oh, oh. they're not gonna draft the quarterback high and they're not going to trade him for another guy, so I think he's there. He's there, right? And and he's not the reason why you didn't get to the postseason. So the defense was awful. Yeah, they were bad down the stretch. Man. Derek Carr had a solid year. Every Raiders game I watched, I'm like, the Carr is balling, but the defense can't stop anybody. It yeah. should have been should have been KC twice, and they were six and three. Because I remember vividly, I'm like, the Raiders need to lose because Baltimore lose. is in the eighth spot. <laughs> So, yeah, man, they had one of the better rushing offensive lines uh, mm-hmm. or, or run-blocking offensive lines, but those guys were injured most of the year. So, yeah, man. And they have, what, the second-best tight end in the league, Darren Waller? Man, how did we let him go? Anyway. Is a... <sighs> Could you imagine him with Lamar? Oh, man. Oh, goodness. <laughs> uh, Mahomes, Herbert, a lot. Herbert's about to be something special. 
uh, Jalen Hurts in Philly, Dak in Dallas, Daniel Jones with the Giants, Money Heist in Minnesota, Detroit tra- traded for Jared Goff, Aaron Rodgers coming back, the entire NFC South is locked in, even in New Orleans, whether or not it's Drew Brees, Taysom Hill, James Winston, they already at least have whoever they're going to start. Yeah. yeah, on the roster. The Rams traded for Stafford, Seattle, Russell Wilson ain't going nowhere. He can be tired of being hit. Uh, he needs to get rid of, the, rid of the football faster. We'll talk more about that in coming episodes. And then Kyler Murray. So 23 out of 32 teams already know who your quarterback is going to be next year. Um, four of them are a little bit iffy. My iffies are Tua, who I think should be the starter and shouldn't be much conversation around that. But, you know. They need to give him a whole a, a full year and then make the decision after this season. Because you're doing yourself a disservice. It's like you wasted a pick if you don't give him a full year. Exactly. Like you and just him get, get get Fitzpatrick out of his shadow. Like I will I wouldn't even resign Fitzpatrick. No. Just because it's always that, well, if I don't play well, this guy, they're gonna bring this guy in. Just let the guy just turn him loose, see what he has. Precisely. Precisely. So who was a little iffy? I put Drew Locke in the iffy category. Drew Locke is going to start week one for Denver. But I also Huh? He's he's one of those guys. He has maybe (laughs) what eight games to prove that he's there. He don't even have a whole season. (laughs) He's the guy. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. He's got a he needs he needs to get off to a hot start this coming year. Um, Derek Carr, I put as iffy, not because he should be, just because you know, Vegas just seems to have beef with him for whatever reason. Um, I don't understand what it might be, what it is with John Gruden, but uh, they just seem to have beef. And then Teddy Bridgewater is iffy only because he's going to start, but I could see them getting in a position to where they move up, potentially yep. take Fields, Wilson, you know, Mac well, Jones, they, whoever. They, they've been surrounded with, you know, um, they've been in talks or rumors with every quarterback who was supposed to be moved. Yeah. They, they tried to get Stafford. I don't think Stafford, Stafford turned them down. I think they he didn't want to go to the Panthers. He rather rather uh, went to LA. Uh, he's been talking about Deshaun and all of these other quarterbacks who've been technically available. But yeah, I don't think I think they'll move up in the draft if they can. Um, I think if it goes past Fields, if Fields doesn't drop to them, I think they just stand pat. But I think yeah. Bridgewater is one of those iffy guys too, because you know you know what he's going to give you. <laughs> he's not yeah. throwing the ball downfield. No. He'll have an out of worldly, you know, about two or three out of worldly games yep. a year, and he's just not. I've never been a big Bridgewater fan, to be honest. Yeah, like going back to the Minnesota days when, well, I think one season threw twelve touchdowns and ten interceptions, but they won ten games. I'm like. Yeah. The guy's not that good, man. <laughs> he's a brother. He's that quarterback. But he's not that good. Love him. Get your money, young brother. It gets your money, but I never understood the hype. He never showed it. Yeah. And for them to release Cam and sign Bridgewater, it was just ridiculous to me at the time, too. But, hey, get your money, young brother. Yeah. $60 million. Hey. Hey, I ain't mad at you, man. Change the trajectory of your family. Black yep. excellence. But I would not have given Teddy that much money. And, and <laughs> You might as well pay the guy you already have. <laughs> because he would have came back for cheaper. 
Well, it like, came back for cheaper and you didn't have to change anything. So, like, why do that? I didn't, I never, I didn't understand that move. <laughs> and, and now they just have to come back and draft a quarterback either this year or next year because yep. you don't have a franchise quarterback or the future on yep. the roster. Um, and now they owe Teddy Bridgewater $17 million this year. Uh, um, anyway. Get your yeah. money, brother. Get your money, young brother. I ain't mad at <laughs> uh, So that leaves really only five teams who just don't know who their quarterback is going to be next year. Uh, Patriots, sure. Jets, Washington, uh, Chicago, and San Francisco. Um, the Niners have Jimmy Garoppolo there, obviously. Th- that is one, if I, had to, if I had to pick one, a guy least likely to still be there next year, it would be Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco. Um, Chicago just doesn't know what they want between Trubisky and Nick Foles. There's like a guy trying to pick between the mistress and his wife, and he really is not in love with either one of them, but he has to choose. Um, you got Washington and, and Alex Smith. Love Alex Smith. Love the comeback story. He, he just, not going to be there. He, 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 he's not going to be there. He don't got it no more. Um, Jets, Sam Darnold, we'll get in him. Patriots, just Jared Thinham season again, which clearly they don't like him either because they found somebody at the last minute to come in and step for him. So they got two messages they don't like either. Um, you know, I, which, which of these teams is in the best and worst position to, to you? Okay, give me give me the five again. Patriots, Jets, Washington, Bears, Niners. I know the Bears were talking about they wanted they wanted Wentz. Obviously, Wentz didn't want them. Because <laughs> why would you choose uh, frozen Chicago <laughs> over oh. playing in a dome in Indy <laughs> with my former coach? Yeah. But I think Chicago is set up. Chicago's a quarterback away from yes. competing, obviously competing in the division and competing in the postseason. And we, I mean, we know that. Um, Washington is the same way. Mm-hmm. They just need a quarterback. Um, now, when you look at the division, if I'm in the NFC East, I'm playing Philly, I'm playing Dallas, I'm playing New York. So if I have a solid starting quarterback, you know, I'm kind of set up because Neither one of those three teams are very good. Nope. Whereas in the NFC North, Aaron, the Green, Green Bay is going to win it. Money Heist is going to have a magical season just because that's what he does every other year. <laughs> <laughs> it's just what he does. Um, yeah. And so the NFC, I think the NFC East, with that defense, that front seven, um, you, you, you have some weapons at receiver and at running back. It was all on the quarterback last year. I think Washington is set up for success if they get a veteran quarterback. Yes. They, they have to get a veteran quarterback. Um, Chicago, same way. Now, you're not going to bring – I don't think Allen Robinson is coming back. You know, I don't think he's going to yeah. be in the Ravens uniform, which I'm, I'm still praying on that. But <laughs> he, he's probably going to want $20 million a year. And hey, get your money, under, hey, understandable. He, you balled with no matter who was that quarterback. So mm-hmm. I would lean towards Washington slightly over Chicago as far as the best. Uh, I think, man, the Jets, they're in rebuilding mode anyway. Um, they have a decision. Hey, do we keep Donald and trade that pick, which is good for them? 
or do we draft a, you know, Zach Wilson or Justin Fields or whoever they like best, which will also be good for them. Either mm-hmm. way, they're not going to be good next year. <laughs> so I wouldn't put them in the worst spot. I honestly think the Patriots are in the worst spot, man. Yeah. I think the Patriots are in the worst spot. You got the Bills now running the division. Um, the Jets are going to be slightly better. And you got Miami, who's the second best team in the division. Yeah. So you're the third or fourth best team in your division, and you still don't have a quarterback. You have no offensive weapons. That defense didn't play well last year. No position group played extremely well last year. So if you get a veteran quarterback, you hope you can get the weapons in free agency and in a draft, but they haven't shown they can do or bring in good draft picks, honestly. I don't know why. They they don't draft very well. They can draft offensive linemen. That's about it. They draft offensive linemen. Um, they, you know, they hit on the stuff on Gilmore, you know, signing a few years ago, there been rumors that he's going to be out. They're not bringing him back. Mm-hmm. So I think the Patriots are in the worst position because they need much more than a quarterback to be successful in their own division. Forget the playoffs and, you know, all of that. They need more than just a quarterback. Even if they got Jimmy Garoppolo, which would be an upgrade. He's not going to – you saw he's in a perfect situation in San Fran and still couldn't make certain throws and put yeah. them over the hump in the Super Bowl. So <laughs> I think they're in the worst spot. I think they are too. I, I've For for me, New England is definitely in the worst spot because there are no options on the roster and they don't have any ability to go out and get another option. And I think that's that's the biggest thing that keeps them back. The Jets at least have the second overall pick. And they got Sam Darnold, who I wouldn't give up on. Um, Chicago at least has a roster that made the playoffs last year. The defense is great and is capable of being able to put together some pieces and a guy uh, in, in Matt Nagy who has shown that he can uh, turn chicken crap into a moderately well-tasting chicken salad. And you take Mr. Trubisky to the playoffs two times, you're a good head coach. Um, Kyle Shanahan, to me, is the best coach in the league. And I'll flip it. Because if the Patriots are in the worst position, San Francisco is in the best because, number one, you can cut Jimmy Garoppolo, $2.8 million, I think, in dead money. Almost, I think it's more, $20.8 million, I think, in cap savings if you cut him before June 1. So I didn't know that. So if I'm, if I'm John Lynch, straight up, cutting Jimmy, and I'm going to call Jets and be like, let me get Sam Darnold for our second-round pick. Hey, that's that's a great deal for both sides, man. To me, oh. now they might want the Jets might want more than a second. Now I've seen their fans all up on Twitter talking about, oh, first round. You're not getting the first oh, round. Pick. No. Okay. So, yeah. if Carson Wentz did get a first, Sam Darnold shouldn't get a first. They're exactly. essentially the same player. Right. <laughs> like, like, I mean, we're, we're not hating. I just want y'all to know it's realistic. You're not getting a first round pick for Sam Darnold. Can you get a second this year and a third next year? Yes. San Francisco's second round pick is 43rd overall. I give you a second this year, a conditional third next year that could turn into a second. Heck, maybe even a first. You give you put Sam Darnold in Kyle Shanahan's offense, you know, you're going to see why he was picked third overall. I'll put it that yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I, I didn't think about that. Uh, that's the most logical uh, for both. 
if you're talking about two teams that are the benefit, you know, other than the Indy and Philly trade that just happened today, that's the most logical to me. Mm-hmm. It helps both teams. Um, the 49ers, I had winning or going to the Super Bowl last year before everybody literally got injured. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, Kyle Shanahan is going to dial it up. You know, if you look at if you look at simply skill sets, Sam Darnold, Jimmy Garoppolo, um, you know, um, if if you look at both the and Carson Wentz, I'm looking at all three of those guys. They both have similar skill sets. They don't particularly run to escape the pocket or anything like that, but they can move pretty well and throw on a run. But they battle turnover issues. Mm-hmm. Like things have to be um, kind of perfect for Jimmy Garoppolo. Sam Darnold and Carson Wentz have a much better arm than Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Um, so you get a guy for Cal Shanahan. It's going to probably be, you know, aside from Matt Ryan, I think probably Sam Darnold is more talented than Matt Ryan as far as arm talent. But this will be his best quarterback since Matt Ryan. Huh. So. And I think Sam, he's not going to go from, what did he have, 15 interceptions or so last year and probably maybe even 20 touchdowns. He's not going to go from that to 40 touchdowns, seven interceptions. But he's going to be able to make all the throws you want him to make. Yeah. You know, they got those young studs at uh, wide receiver. I love Debo Samuel, Uh, Brandon Ayuk. I love George Kittle, obviously. They're going to have the running game. They're going to have that front seven. Hey, you're not asking Sam to do a lot. In New York, he had to do a lot. Now, he he shares some criticism, too, for playing bad. I'm not saying, you know, it's not all on him. But the guy had Fred Curtis and Kelly Dawson out there receiving, too. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think that's a perfect situation. Um, yeah, man, I, I, I think they should do it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I would love to see I would love to see Donald in San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan. I want to see Kyle Shanahan with a decent quarterback again. I actually would love Matt Ryan to get reunited, um, but that cap hit for Atlanta is just too much this year. He's gonna he's gonna how much is it for a trade? I think that thing is like 40 million. I'm about to find out for you. Um, (laughs) I mean, and I looked into it, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, this is this is possible, you know. Um, because that would make sense because. I think 49ers actually have some cap space, which I don't understand. But if they were able to get Matt Ryan, you got a perfect situation. I think he's under contract for at least two, maybe three more years. years. And Atlanta's in reset mode anyway, man. They have an extra first. You can draft the quarterback at four. But, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, Atlanta, I mean, definitely should draft the quarterback at four. And we're going to get into a bunch of mock draft stuff. Um, in the months to come. The reason why they cannot properly get into a rebuild, and they have to, aside from the fourth overall pick, try to figure out a way to be competitive this year, dead money if you trade these guys. Matt Ryan, $49 million, almost $50 million. Oh. Oh. Leo Jones, $38.5 million. Grady Jarrett, $15.5 million. Jake Matthews, $18.5 million. Dante Fowler Jr., $15 million. Deion Jones, $12 million. They're stuck. They're you stuck. gotta find you gotta find a way to make one more run with this group. Because you 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 missed a run. You missed it. And you, you should have won a title. So you should have won, won a title and you should have at least got to the NFC title game the following year. Yes. That was your you had a two-year run or window, I mean, 
yeah. where you should have or could have made it happen. But yeah. hey, I'm, I'm, I will forever be upset because Julio Jones had the best catch in Super Bowl history. Best catch ever. I will, Nobody remembers that. No. And that's the same drive that should have just ran the ball. Oh. As a not a, as a Falcon fan, as a football fan, I hate to see that they just blew that. Yeah. <laughs> because even with the comeback, run the ball, bro. Anyways, <laughs> best catch ever in Super Bowl history. Over Man, two defenders. Solid throw, too. That throw was up there with the Eli Manning to Mario Manningham on the sideline. So, yeah, man, that's the, the throw was even with, and that's the thing with both of those. Even with the comeback, those two they made the play to win the Super Bowl, right? They made the play. They made the play. Fonte Freeman missing blocks. Massive comeback. They Everybody else holding call. <laughs> Everybody else floundering. Everybody else getting their nerves up. Your two best players made the play. You you couldn't ask either of them for anything else. Um, but this is the thing. People are like, oh, the roster's in samples. I'm like, rosters usually end up in samples years after you get a chance to win a title. Yes. They put themselves in position to go back to back. They did. Like you said, they should have won. If they have just an inch better play calling in the red zone, they win the inch. Super Bowl that first year, and then they're back in the NFC title game the next year. So, but now they're stuck, which is fine, you know. But if if you look at it, man, it's like I'm I'm not gonna keep saying there's a top five, top ten roster or whatever. You have the pieces you need. You have a a, a quality starting quarterback. Yeah. Offensive line is you know above average at best. You know they're not below average. Um, you didn't have a running game, and the defense has. Something has to happen on defense. I know they cut Ricardo Allen today. Uh, I saw that. So that's going to give him a little bit of flexibility. Those corners are awful. They are awful, bro. I hate turning on Atlanta Falcons football. I'm a defensive backs guy. They are awful. And if they just have slightly above average corners, (laughs) they win a few more games. So, And you look at the first five games, all of those leads that they blew, they could have made the postseason last year. (laughs) <laughs> Could have made the postseason. Yep. So, but yeah, that's uh I don't think I think they still if Justin Fields is there, it's gonna be hard not to take Justin Fields at four. I don't think they will, but it should take a hard look because it's the new coach, new GM coming in. Yeah. And they want to get their guys, and they may come into the season. I don't know what they're talking about in their meetings. They may they may be coming into the season saying, hey, this is our plan. We're not going to total rebuild, but we're going to set ourselves up for the future. Yeah. Now, if we win 10 games and make the postseason, cool. We'll see what Matt, I don't know what Matt Ryan's and Julio's cap hit is next year, but if we have our quarterback already, hey, but yeah. That's 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 the that's the hard decision when you have an aging quarterback, an aging roster, who just outside of their window. Now you have a new coaching staff, new GM, you know, new everything. That's the tough part in a division where the Saints have been better than you, mm-hmm. and you know Carolina is not great. Tampa Bay just won the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. so you're not competing for the division this year anyway. In my opinion, no. 
You're the third best team, bro. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. It's like the the we say this because the 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 Falcons and the Saints are kind of in similar quarterback positions. The the difference is New Orleans has at least who they think their successor will be. Whether or not they actually think it's Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston, that's something for Sean Payton. But one of those two, they think they've got their successor. And a great coach. And a, and a fantastic coach. I don't know what kind of head coach Arthur Smith is. I know he's a great offensive coordinator. I don't know what kind of head coach he is. And just because you're a great play caller as just a play caller, I'm not going to say that's automatically going to roll over when you're calling plays and managing personalities and managing clocks and trying to stay in the ref's pocket and trying to keep an eye on special teams. Like those skill sets don't automatically translate. If we had an understanding really of everything the NFL head coaches do, not just forget about off the field, forget about during the week in the offseason. I was talking about during them three and a half hours on the field. Um, I, I, I can't automatically say, all right, he's going to be the play caller he was in Tennessee. You don't know. Now, now they have some similarity. New Orleans is $69 million under the cap. So yeah, how much? 69. They're oh, under? Over. over. Oh, no. I was about to say, over. I knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, <laughs> I was about to say, I, I thought they were over, but yeah, Atlanta is too. Are. Yeah, Atlanta's 31 million over. So no flexibility. Um, and so this is where I think, you know, bringing it full circle to the quarterback conversation is some of these teams have to figure out what direction they want to go in, not just yes. this year, but moving forward for yes. good. Because, you know, Philly has Philly has traded Carson Wentz, but they're picking sixth overall. Do you go with an elite wide receiver? Do you like Jalen Hurts that much? Because Fields might still be there at six if Atlanta doesn't take him for it. And does that does Atlanta go all in knowing, like, hey, this roster is not that far removed from being a Super Bowl contender? As I thought Lindstrom and McGarry would make huge jumps this year. They did. They still got Jake Matthews. If you give them two competent quarters and corners and one competent pass rusher, it's not outside the realm of possibility to say they can be 10 and six. Pat Sertain a second. You can pick him fourth overall. Damn. Maybe you get Asante Sanders Jr. at the top of their second round pick. And, and A.J. Terrell makes some steps, and you don't have to watch Isaiah Oliver and Kendall Sheffield puke all over the field next year. Yep, like, yep. You know, so <laughs> the top of this draft is intriguing because you have so many teams who are near the top of the draft. Again, you got, you know, the Falcons, the Eagles, the, the Cowboys, who aren't that far, at least in their past, from contention. They have pieces at quarterback, but you can argue and make a very solid argument that they should go ahead and start building for a future without those quarterbacks as well. And I think that's why it makes the car the, the carousel we're going to see uh, a little bit more interesting. Uh, any parting shots on this position that you hate? <laughs> um, I think, like you said, with the, especially with Atlanta, man, they, not only Atlanta, but especially with Atlanta, they have to determine what, who are the, who they want to be in 2021. Because if they are saying, obviously every team wants to win football games. Mm -hmm. Obviously every team has aspirations to win a Super Bowl, but inside the management, they're not thinking, they know what they have on the roster. So yeah. they're not gonna just be optimistic when you're the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're not making the playoffs next year. <laughs> and they know that. Right. <laughs> They're not telling their players that, obviously, but as, as far as their management, their front office, they know that. 
So if you look at Jacksonville, hey, we need a quarterback, obviously. The Jets, we need a quarterback. Do we trust Sam Donald? Okay, if we don't, we're going to get Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, whoever we like. Miami, do we give two another shot? Not another shot, but actually give him a shot. Or are we done with them? Mm-hmm. If we want to give him a full shot, draft the best receiver on your board. Yep. Atlanta, all right, 2021. Do you really think you're going to win the division? Do you have a shot? If not, draft Justin Fields. Have him ready. When Matt Ryan is gone, you can cut him. Cincinnati, hey, if it falls that way, you get the best offensive tackle in the, uh, in the draft. Yeah. You Sewell. Philly at six, all right, do you trust Jalen Hurts? I don't know why you wouldn't because you just spent the second round on him. Now you get Kyle Pitts. You get what whoever you see as the second best receiver. See, and you and then you go to Detroit. Yeah, all right, you got your you got Jerry Goff. Now you get the best receiver or Kyle Pitts, whoever falls. So all of those teams have a decision centered around the quarterback. If you yeah. like your quarterback, get him some weapons. If you don't, you know, set yourself up for two to three years down the road and yeah. get your next quarterback. Yeah, because it's some nice. It's some nice pass catchers and quarterbacks in this draft. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like if you're getting a pass catcher, you know and you trust and believe in your quarterback. Yeah. If you don't, then if you don't get a pass catcher, then uh, you're going to get a quarterback because you either don't trust your quarterback or you're setting yourself up for the future. Because mm-hmm. those names, I just read off Kyle Pitts, Devontae Smith, Tanae Sewell, Justin Fields, <laughs> Jamar Chase. Those are day one starters, and one. you're going to be better one. regardless of whatever team drafts those guys. Yeah, yeah. It's a deep pass catching year. It's a deep quarterback year, and and I know, you know, sometimes, especially on mock draft Twitter, there's this thing of, oh, you know, we always say next year's quarterback class is going to be great, and and that's not accurate anymore. We mentioned this one time ago about how quarterback scouting is just getting so much better, and how you rarely run into bust anymore just because these guys are doing this full-time since they're 12. Um, And, you know, I don't think GMs – GMs don't make current off-season decisions based off what they see next year. But but, but, So, you know, people like, oh, well, you know, next year from a quarterback perspective, you got Tyler Scholl from Oregon. You got, you know, uh, Sam Howell, North Carolina. You got Spencer Rattler in Oklahoma. And, and, you know, maybe somebody else will come out of of nowhere with the full, you know, spring practice and all this other stuff. But – like Atlanta can't come into this thing, you know, Philly can't come into this thing, so on and so forth and say, oh, well, we're going to roll the dice, try to make the playoffs. And then if not, we'll come back around and we'll have how our pick of how or Rattler, or, you know, Tyler Shaw or whoever else. That's not how this works. You don't, you don't know what's going to take place. You don't know if these prospects are going to continue to go over. And honestly, this is probably, I struggle saying this, this might be the deepest draft since 2011. Do I think they're going to be, you know, six Hall of Fame in the top ten? No, I don't think we're going to get like Cam Newton, Von Miller, Julio Jones, you know. Oh, that was the that, – that top 11 was sick. Ridiculous. <laughs> Ridiculous. Did it, uh, J.J. Watt went 11? Yes. I think he went – so, yeah, that top 11 was sick, man. <laughs> it was absolutely – probably – mm, you know, I don't want to go – I'd be a prisoner at the moment, but maybe one of the best – draft classes ever. I mean, I'm going to just... Oh, for real? Cam Newton, Von Miller, Marcel Darius, A.J. Green, Patrick Peterson, Julio Jones, 
Alden Smith, Jake Walker, Tyron Smith, Blaine Gabbert, J.J. Watt at 11. Well, that's just ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> and was, other was, than the two quarterbacks, all of those players had success, man. A lot of success. And you know what? At the time, this isn't revisionist history. At the time, people who knew football knew Jake Locker and Blaine Gabbert had no business going in the top 10 anyway. They, they. <laughs> so, we yeah. knew. I remember. I'm like, who are these guys? Yeah. They're just projecting. They're just projecting. And Don't so, let uh, Trey Lance become Jake Locker. <laughs> that's what I think, Trey. I'm not touching Trey Lance, personally. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't either. You just I don't, don't know, much. man. But, um, yeah. Anyway, we'll see. It's going to be an intriguing offseason. And then I think all that to say, we went into these other conversations really to just highlight that what you have and how you feel about what you have a quarterback impacts everything else you do in free agency, the draft, so on and so forth. And so yep. that's why those have to be decisions. We talked about Atlanta a lot because it's not just, yeah, you're making it, you're not really making a decision on Matt Ryan this year because you can't get rid of him this year. But do you think he's still going to be able to play at a high level for years to come? I think so. Do, do, do they think that? I don't know. Same with New Orleans. They're not at the top of the draft. You're drafting a different kind of supporting cast if you're starting Taysom Hill as opposed to Jameis Winston. Yep. And yep. so – you know, those are all considerations you have to you have to think about. Baltimore drafts differently with Lamar Jackson as opposed to Joe Burrow with Cincinnati, so on and so forth. So, you know, um, it's going to be interesting. But you can take a look and see how teams really feel about themselves now and in the future based off what they do um, at the quarterback position, lowercase QB. <laughs> lowercase, always lowercase. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hey, good show, man. We uh, appreciate the listeners out there. If you like it, uh, make sure you uh, you know subscribe on Apple Podcasts, follow on Spotify, visit our website at www.relentless.love, um, and find us wherever you find your podcast, All22. We got other podcasts as well for the, for the culture. is going to drop uh, in a week or two, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, yeah, best way to support us, get you some merch, man, www.relentless.love slash releases. And if you're trying to get in shape, build different you, get you some merch over there. <laughs> Uh, as well. Name is Hey, man. Hey, buy some, uh, <laughs> buy one of them workouts from Kelly so you can get you right for the summer. It's already right. Time. Get you right. Hey, you ain't got a whole lot of time left, man. <laughs> hey, appreciate y'all. Y'all be good. Out.